Welcome back to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. Our guest today is Allison Mitchell, who those of you on Twitter probably know as Infield Fly Girl, which is a great Twitter handle. Um, I just talk a little bit about the state of the Cubs right now, and then we get into a great discussion about how actually Angels in the Outfield, the movie, pretty messed up for a little kid's movie. But maybe that's not a bad thing. And uh, finally, I asked Allison about this bizarre situation where she lives in Oregon, where she's blacked out from three separate Major League Baseball teams, which is just, I don't think I've ever heard of anything like that. But I had a very good discussion with Allison, so here is that interview. Allison, uh, welcome to Holy Cow, the Cubs podcast. I guess I usually just start out with asking a simple question. Uh, how do you feel about how the Cubs are playing right now? It's been kind of a struggle to start the year, but you still feel good about it, or are you getting really worried? Well, first of all, hi, and uh, thanks so much for inviting me onto your show. This is uh, it's a privilege. Um, I'm I'm actually excited about our team this year, and and I know I tend to be the, the happy positivity fairy as much as possible. Um, there, are, you know, it's a long season. October is a long way away and I still have snow falling here in Southern Oregon. So I think it's a little early to, to start on the doomsday prophecies. Yeah, that, that's probably a smart move. I mean, it's what we've got. We're three and eight record right now for the Cubs, 11 games in that's 151 games left to go. So I guess that is a little early to hit the panic button. Yeah, when when the magic number is you know three orders of ma- magnitude higher than the number of games we've played, it's <laughs> we have time. It's okay, and I'm I'm more than excited about uh, Hayward finally earning his paycheck this year. Yes, yes, that's that's one of those things. Like I mean, I've been I don't want to say reluctant to go after Hayward, but uh, there is someone on Twitter, our friend Ashley. Taco aficionado. Who I love her. Will, yeah, she's great. But if you say a crossword about uh, Jason Hayward, wow, you, you better be on the other side of the Twitter world when that happens because she will take you out. So, But he has been struggling pretty much his whole career. So it's really fun to see him hit all these home runs. Hopefully he keeps it going. Ashley and I crossed words uh, the day that I joined Cubs Twitter on a whim, and I, I was the person on the other end of the Twitter argument, and I, I did just yesterday make a public apology uh, for the the things that I, I may or may not have actually, I definitely did say about Jason Hayward in our first meetings. So. Yes, <laughs> but I mean, it's good to see. And now, uh, the rest of the Cubs, especially the pitching, has not been good so far. I mean, it's one of those things like it's like a historical fluke. I mean, that's how many many runs they gave up the first like week of the season. It was like amazing. And I like you said, I don't think the Cubs are, are that. I don't think their pitching is that, but it would be nice to see them start to kind of pull it back, which they are a little bit, but that start to the season was just insane. 
it was absolutely insane. And I, you know, I had a feeling it was going to be a hitter's year this year. We've had the last couple of years been very, very pitch heavy as far as, uh, as far as the talent that's being demonstrated on the field. And, uh, and I had a feeling that, that this would be the year of the hitter again. And I'm excited for it. I love to see people hit and, and I like, you know, see the small ball play and not everything just home run or nothing. It's, it's a lot of fun to see the little ball. I lost you know, myself somewhere. Yeah. But <laughs> I was going to say, um, I guess this is the one good thing about April baseball, cold weather baseball is it does kind of force teams to focus more on the, the small ball portion than the hitting the home runs. I mean, like last night there were three home runs, which was amazing, but nights like last night were so cold. You have to do other ways to score runs usually. Absolutely. And you know, I, uh, my favorite part of baseball is the fact that when it all boils down to it, it's just a, it's just a bunch of, boys having fun playing stickball in the hay field. So any opportunity to see that happen, but um, I'm, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not going to go doomsday prophecy on our pitching yet. I think we have some real skill in our pitchers. You know, we've got the professor there. No, he hasn't had an awesome start, but I'm not taking him off my fantasy roster yet. That's good advice to, for everyone. You know, we're only a month in or only like two weeks. We're not even a month in. Yeah, so, yeah, like, just yeah. everyone, yeah, everyone withhold judgment for just a little bit longer. So, um, I'll, this is a question I ask a lot of people to come on here, but mm-hmm. especially people that, you know, don't live in the general Chicago area because I'm from Montana. I live in Montana now. So, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people too. But, um, how did you become a Cubs fan? Oh, sure. I am, I'm originally from New York City. Uh, My father was a Dodgers fan until they left Brooklyn and then they were dead to him. Um, So I grew up in a mostly apathetic Mets household because anybody but the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Um, We moved to Florida and... Ray's games were always blacked out unless the Yankees were in town. And again, anybody but the Yankees. But the Cubs were always on WGN. So when I wanted to watch baseball, they were who was available. Yeah, so yeah, it's kind of one of those, that's what we got to watch. So I'm going to watch these guys every day and you start to get attached. Absolutely. And, you know, I probably through my teenage years, I sort of fell away from uh, from watching ball. But uh, the man I ended up marrying uh, is from the uh, Danville, Illinois area. And, you know, Cubs household going back probably six generations or more. Uh, So that sort of reawakened the interest. And I fell in love with the 2008 roster. Um, You know, I loved cheering on Kosuke Fukudome and uh, Carlos Zambrano. And that that was a really fun year. And, uh, and that's when I picked it back up again. So been following them ever since. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I kind of liked it before then, you know, the new husband, hmm, he's a Cubs fan. I liked the Cubs one time. Now let's get on board. Fully on board now. Well, um, I was going to ask you, there's an interesting discussion that mm-hmm. I had with you on the Twitter about a week ago, but I thought mm-hmm. it was very interesting and it was Little kid baseball, little kids movies from the 1990s were messed up. 
and I didn't realize this until I started talking about it with you and a couple other people, but like Angels in the Outfield is one messed up movie if you go back and look at it. Absolutely it is. And uh, I, I, that movie means kind of a lot to me um, in, in a lot of ways. My dad was the dad from Angels in the Outfield. And so, yeah, you know, it's, I think the main thing is it's a little weird that as time has gone by and, and so much of like regular adult television has become less and less censored that children's movies have become more and more like saccharine and shallow, I guess. Um, I remember kids movies from maybe as late as the mid nineties tackling some really serious issues. And, and, you know, the issues in angels in the outfield are real. And a lot of kids go through that. There are, you know, the absent dads where whenever they're around, you've got these awesome memories of hanging out with dad at the ballpark or what have you. And, and then that's all you've got for the rest of the time, because maybe he's not coming home until the angels win the pennant. And, maybe there aren't like magic Disney angels that are come going to come down and make sure the angels do. Yeah. That's kind of the most best up part is yeah. The actual angels do show up and the dad still does. So maybe it's one of those things. that's like, even if angels come, some people are going to be creeps and you got to learn that maybe it was a valuable lesson for kids to learn watching that movie. Yeah, and, you know, even just having the representation, I guess, matters. Being a, a kid from a broken household, having a movie about a broken household that incorporated the sport that was so close to my heart and so close to my relationship with my dad anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. And, that, of course, that part, I think, is actually defendable. And I actually, like, when you explain it, I kind of like it. Now, the part where they killed off Tony Danza at the end, what was that? That seemed just harsh. <laughs> Man, I totally forgot about that. I need to watch that movie again. It's probably been 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, at the end of the movie, which I forgot too, that I was discussing it with the other people. Yeah, they say, oh, yeah, he's got six months to live. Tony Clark or whatever, Tony Danza's character. And you're mm -hmm. like, what? Six months to live? Why are you telling us this? Yeah, that's... Probably a little unnecessary at that point. Just let us have the happy ending, right? That's right. Yeah, I mean, oh. at least go like um, rookie of the year where Cubs legend Chet Stepman blows out his arm but does not die. I mean, that is an improvement. I guess. <laughs> yeah, by the way, that, by the way, is the most ridiculous. I know Angels in the Outfield was like Angels, like affecting the game. Somehow, yeah. rookie of the year was more ridiculous than Angels like messing with game results. That movie was so ridiculous, but it was the Cubs. So, Hey, well, you know, but, um, yeah, no, um, I'll ask, uh, do you have a favorite current cub player? Favorite current cub. Um, it's so hard to say. I absolutely love what Javi is doing for the sport, uh, bringing just the fun and excitement back into, watching baseball uh, that can't be underplayed but I have to say you know I was I've been ride or die for Kyle Schwarber since he signed up for the team and you know watching the the year when he the year of no baseball for him basically and then he managed to come back and, and be a major contributing factor in the 
2006 World Series win. And I really do see uh, a good year for him coming. And I think he's going to be the the legend that he hopes he will become. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, though I, I still am on board with Jorge Soler, even though he's on the Kansas City Royals. But I will still defend him to everyone. So one's like a cub, always a cub. Yes, he's, he's not even a cub anymore. But you know, I, I still love the guy. So, but yeah, no, Corbin's a good one. I'm trying. I'm thinking my current favorite Cubs player is probably Wilson Contreras. Yes, I've always had a soft spot for catchers. So. That's funny. I, I always have a short, uh, uh, um, my soft spots for, for catch, uh, shortstop and second baseman, yeah. uh, which, you know, leads to my, my Twitter handle, the infield fly girl, which is such a non name. I am none of those things. It's a great name though. I have to admit it's a pretty good Twitter handle. Oh, Wilson. Yes. Amazing. Um, I, I think he's having a, a great year, you know, he needs to probably pull his glove back a little bit and cut down on those interference calls. Yeah. What the uh, heck is up with that? Like, like it's been like three of them. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that one. It's just more of the weirdness that's been the cup season so far that you have three catchers interference and in like 11 games. You don't get like three catchers interference in a whole year. It's just, this year has yeah. just been weird. It's been bizarre. All right. Then the other question I'll ask, since I'm going to assume that the answer is somewhere around 2008, but your all-time favorite Cubs player. All-time favorite Cubs player. I, you know, I have to withhold judgment on that. It's too many people, too, too hard to narrow down. I am first and foremost a nerd and... Um, a big part of that is my obsession with research. And I am really, really bad at superlatives. Um, uh, the best anything, the worst anything, my favorite, whatever. Uh, there are too many factors to take into account. Um, but, you know, my favorite all-time cub, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, I'll, I'll give you here. I'll give you a little <laughs> twist on it that will make it okay. that'll make it easier. You don't have to sub- uh, superlative, your yeah. first favorite Cubs player. The first one you remember when you first started watching. Okay, so my first favorite Cub, definitely Kosuke Fukudome. Okay, that's a good one. Kosuke yeah, was my first favorite Cub, yes. He really burst on the scene that year. Yeah, it was uh, It was just so fun to root for him and and to watch him enjoy himself playing the game. I just like to watch the kids have fun, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I will tell you my first one, who I don't even know if everyone really remembers, but uh, the Cubs had a catcher in like 1993 named Rick Wilkins. And he had a 30 home run season, his only good season ever. But I was like eight years old and he was my favorite, my first favorite player. And I'm still like, I'll still defend him. And everyone's like, who is that? And then the few people that do know him are like, Oh, is that the guy that was on steroids for one year? And I'm like, how dare you? How dare uh, you say that about my guy? Yeah. You know, and that's, and that was one major reason why I couldn't say uh, a favorite cub. I, I remember the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa year so strongly. And it was so rooting for Sammy, you know, when, 
when they were going, you know, head to head. And, uh, and his name is so much almost a bad word in our house now. If you ever want my husband to change the subject, just bring up Sammy Sosa and he'll go off on this awful tirade about how he was the new hope for the Chicago Cubs and he just ruined everything. Yeah. No, that's a good, yeah. Some people just bug certain people that I get. Yeah, there's a lot. Sammy Sosa now is like, at the time, everyone loved him and he's like super divisive now. I mean, you're yeah, either like we're the chosen one. Yeah, they're either pro or against. Like, it is amazing how like Cubs fans split on that issue. But yeah, no, that's so. It, I guess that's good advice to everyone that goes around your husband. Don't mention Sammy Sosa. Or do. Well, if, if you're necessary. looking to yeah, if you're looking to cause a, cause a scene, then yeah, maybe you should. All right. Well, um, oh, I was going to ask you one more thing. I saw you talking on Twitter about these weird like blackout rules and stuff for where you live watching games and stuff. But it was interesting, but I was going to ask you about what was the deal with that and what, what's, what are they sure. doing? Ron? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I used to live in Tampa, Florida, uh, up until a year ago, uh, in Tampa, which we had a major league baseball team right across the Bay, Tampa Bay Rays about four and a half hours drive to the south, you had the Marlins. And when you purchase MLB.tv in the Tampa area, the Rays are blacked out, which is ridiculous. But if you're going to have a blackout for a local market, it makes sense that that would be the market that would be blacked out. And the Marlins were not blacked out. I could watch Marlins games Mm -hmm. unless the Marlins were playing the Rays for some reason. But um, now, uh, a year ago, I moved to Oregon, which is a state that has exactly zero Major League Baseball teams. Um, From where I live, it's anywhere from a six to nine hour drive to the closest Major League Baseball park. But I am blacked out of Mariners games, uh, Seattle Mariners which is ridiculous. It's a nine and a half hour drive. The Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants. So any games that any of those three teams are playing in, regardless of where they're playing them, I cannot watch through MLB.tv. Yeah, that's crazy. Because, I mean, where I am, for some reason, in Montana, like like, 800, 900 miles Away from Seattle, I cannot watch the uh, Mariners games. They're the local team, so they're blacked out on MLB.tv. But I can watch the Rockies games, which are the same distance. So for you to be blacked out on three teams Mm -hmm. makes no sense. Yep. Yeah, I'm in in southern Oregon, and I'm at least five hours away from any – you know, the closest park to me is the Eugene Emeralds which is a Cubs class a affiliate. And that's, that's in Eugene. That's three and a half hours away. So I, yeah. I moved into a, a, a baseball exile. Yeah. The baseball Bermuda triangle is in yes. Southern Oregon. Yes. So um, please, please, please. Any major league baseball team owners that are looking to uh, move their team anywhere. Portland is a beautiful city. Medford is 
not particularly lovely, but it's closer to me. So if you would like to go there, that would be great. <laughs> well, that, that's a very good uh, thing for us to end our interview on. Yes, MLB owners, please get rid of these stupid blackout rules so Allison can watch some uh, Giants, A's, and Mariners baseball games. Yes, that would be great. Like, I'm going to watch them anyway, but if you want my money again, please, like, don't black them out. That's right. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for coming on. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking to you, and uh, anytime you want to come back on, you can. So, Thanks so much, Sean. It's been great. As always, I am on Twitter at STH85. Uh, if you want to email, get an email through holycowpod at gmail.com. Holycowpod at gmail.com. That's my email address for the podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just look up Holy Cow and Cubs Podcast. You can subscribe. And if you do subscribe, uh, give me a rating and a review, just honestly so I know you're listening. Uh, you can always tweet questions, too. I mean, you don't have to just email the questions. You can tweet them at me. And, um, oh, of course, Allison, at InfieldFlyGirl on Twitter. She's a fun follow, so you should follow her. And until our next episode, thank you for listening as always. <laughs>